Hey guys, how's it going? I'm Mel from Mel Did It Herself, and I'm a social service worker turned furniture refinisher, DIYer, small business owner, and content creator. I've learned everything I know about these industries thanks to people who shared their knowledge on the internet, so I'm paying it forward by bringing you my tips, lessons learned, and sharing my journey in this space with you. So thank you so much for being here, being curious, and being a lifelong learner like me. Let's hop into it. What is up, my friends and fellow busy bees? I just topped off a Pod Pals Zoom party with a bunch of podcasters hosted by Adam from the Podcasting Business School podcast, who has probably unbeknownst to him become my unofficial podcasting coach because he is always sharing so many good nuggets of knowledge. So if you're ever interested in starting a podcast, I would definitely recommend you check out some of his content because it has been so helpful to me as I aim to continually improve the experience here for you. But because I was already in the podcasting mood, I figured I'd hop on over here to get this episode recorded and spend some time hanging out with you. How you doing? Have you started working on those goals from the last two episodes yet? It's okay. No shade if you haven't yet. Just giving you a reminder, my friend. So we've talked about offering custom work here on the podcast before, and for a lot of furniture painters and refinishers, it can either be something that they stay far, far away from, or it could be the bread and butter of their business. I've met furniture flippers on both sides of the coin, and I can totally understand where both parties come from because there is an added level of complexity and rigidity when offering custom refinishing projects. If you haven't listened to it yet, episode 8 of the podcast is called Thinking About Offering Custom Work Doing Furniture Transformations? Question mark. <laughs> and I went through some of the pros and cons of offering the service in your business. I'll link to that episode in the show notes in case you want to head over and listen to that first to evaluate whether it's something that you want to try out for yourself. And spoiler alert, if you decide you don't enjoy it as much as you thought you might, you can absolutely decide to no longer offer it at any given time because like I always like to remind you guys, you are the ones in the driver's seat of your business. Another episode that I will link to that might be of interest is episode 16, preparing for in-home consultations and structuring your custom work, which will be a great tie-in to today's episode, which is highlighting five ways to make offering custom work easier in your furniture painting and refinishing business because I want to put the work in and then scream the lessons learned far and wide so you don't have to make the same mistakes that I did or waste any unnecessary time in your day. Because the upside of offering custom work is that it's guaranteed income lined up for you, but it also means that you can't just let your creative juices run wild most of the time. So that can result in added time spent going back and forth with your client to determine what the project plan is and what direction you want to take with the piece. And just getting all of the necessary information required to provide an informed estimate to give to the client can take a ton of time going back and forth, asking specific questions to ensure you have a good idea of what kind of shape the piece is currently in and where you want to take it during the transformation process. But tip number one will help to cut down on that time spent information gathering back and forth by creating and implementing a custom project intake form. This has saved me a ton ton of time messaging with clients because when somebody reaches out asking for an estimate for the piece, I can just send them the link to the form and politely ask them to fill it out so that I can capture all the needed details to provide them with a price estimate for the project. 
This serves the purpose of saving me time in my day, but it's also helpful to have all the information stored in one place, so if I ever need to refer back to it, it's easily accessible and organized. There's times where I may send an estimate to someone, but we don't actually start on the piece for a couple of months. And with the short attention span that I have, you better believe I need to have notes to refer back to in order to remind myself what direction we're going on the piece, what we're doing with the hardware, what color we might be painting it, and the finish that they want on the top coat that we add on. Having the system set up allows me to log in, see it all, and keep it handy if need be. It's also helpful for me when I'm evaluating the prices that I'm charging, and I can ensure that I am consistent across different projects when I have everything in one place and can refer to previous similar pieces or similarly sized pieces. Another reason it's helpful is that I can include any information I want to ensure that I relay to the client in the introductory paragraph of the intake form. Introductory. Introductory. That's a weird word. (laughs) Feels more normal to write it out than to say it but I can have it all there in the top of the intake form so that potential clients are aware of any policies I may have in relation to deposits, payments, delivery, and things like that, and it doesn't require me to type them all out or send them over every single time. If you offer custom work, I highly recommend you set aside some time to do the upfront work of putting together this form. I just use Google Forms for mine. It's super quick and easy and you're gonna totally thank yourself later. Even if you don't get all that many custom inquiries right now based on where you're at in your business, it doesn't hurt to get the system set up now because trust me when I say, when things start getting busier, it will be harder to find the time or justify taking the time up front in order to do this instead of just trying to plug through the millions of other tasks that you have at any given minute. (laughs) And if you're wanting to start your own official furniture painting and refinishing business, you need to check out the free guide and checklist I put together for you to start your own furniture refinishing business so you can get started today and follow a step-by-step roadmap so you don't miss anything important. I also recommend this for anyone who found themselves unexpectedly running a business selling their refinished furniture because that's often what happens. You do a couple pieces for your own home, then do some for friends, then get convinced to sell them, and then bam, you're a business owner and you didn't even know it. So if that is you, I also think you'll really benefit from this guide and checklist to help you make sure you've ticked all of the boxes and aren't missing anything you ought to be implementing like systems like this intake form. So check out the show notes of today's episode for the link or go to my website, meldidherself.ca to download the free guide and checklist today and let's get you started on the right foot. My second tip for making custom work easier in your furniture flipping business is to think about other time-consuming parts of the custom project process and if there are ways that you can change your policies or what you do to cut down on that time. One way that I went about doing this is creating the policy that the projects need to be dropped off to me and picked up from me once they're completed. Now, if someone doesn't have access to a vehicle or there were some other circumstances that stopped them from being able to bring me the piece and I could fit it in my vehicle, we'd find a way to figure it out. But as a rule of thumb, on the whole, I have clients drop the piece off to me and that way I'm not wasting, quote unquote, wasting time driving to pick it up load the piece, driving home, then unloading it, and doing the same thing when the project is completed. Depending on where the person was located within my area, that could mean more than two hours added to this project. Actually, probably more. So in order to maximize the amount of time that I have at home to get other things on my to-do list accomplished, 
And to make sure that I can still provide a reasonably priced quote without having to add that travel time cost onto it, I integrated this and it has worked perfectly so far. I've never really had anyone that had an issue with it and I think it's helpful for the client as well or else I hope that it is because then they A, know where I live so that likely brings some kind of peace of mind in case they're like worried that I might run off with their family heirloom piece or something like that. They know where to find me and B, they can come see my workshop and we can chat and they can see where the magic happens. The third tip to making custom work easier may be one that people don't jive with too much, and that's fine if that's the case. Different strokes for different folks, but I do not give out my telephone number to clients. And this isn't just for my custom clients, but in general, anything business related, I don't put that anywhere. But what's the difference if you're always on your phone and on social media already anyways, you may ask? Great question, I would love to tell you. Fun fact about me, I have like the most minimal amount of notifications enabled on my phone as possible. I basically receive Instagram DM notifications and Facebook Messenger notifications so that I can be alerted to messages about my pieces that I have for sale. Everything else I have to go out and seek. Oh, and I guess email notifications too. So I get to protect my time and my attention and address incoming inquiries or opportunities or whatever it may be when I want to and when it works for me. Which might sound selfish to just overtly say it like that, but that's my way of setting boundaries around me and my work life and ensuring that I maintain a healthy work-life balance while I'm turned off from work for the night. A lot of entrepreneurs work 24-7 and that's not why I got into this type of work. I want to have flexibility on my day and I have set times that I go in and I show up on certain platforms. Sometimes I pop in more than that and that's great, but that's me maintaining my control over that. So maybe that's something I need to work on. I don't know. I'm a little bit controlling, but that's how I tell myself that I'm maintaining that balance. So I can't be forced back into work if I've decided I'm turning off for the night. No matter what's coming in, I'll get to it when I wake up in six hours. You know what I mean? And giving out my phone number and giving people the opportunity to call or text whenever it works for their schedule just isn't something that would jive with that setup and those boundaries that I've implemented. So if that's something that resonates with you, then maybe consider implementing that boundary. And I'm definitely always happy to chat via phone with clients, so that's not limiting or being a barrier there, but we can set up a mutually beneficial time for the both of us. And then when I call, I just make sure that my number is blocked. Win-win, so far so good. The fourth way to make offering custom work easier in your furniture painting and refinishing business is by not creating set in stone timelines for yourself if they aren't necessary or beneficial to you or your clients. Now, some people need hard end dates in order to get stuff done and off of their plate, and I totally understand if that's you. So if it's you, just tune out for a sec. But if you're someone who starts to feel overwhelmed or pressured or stressed, if you have deadlines upcoming and you have a client who has said, oh, no worries on when it gets done, no rush, just let me know, and you don't have anything else that you're trying to get it done for, like if you have another custom piece being dropped off soon and you need the space, then don't force those deadlines on yourself. Seems very straightforward, but it makes a huge difference. Definitely ensure that you're being consistent and working on it to move the project forward as much as possible. Don't just like let it sit there and never do it. But if that deadline and putting that deadline there is going to put you into more of a state of panic 
or paralysis instead of kicking your ass into gear, then don't set them. Or very, very loosely set them. Give yourself some wiggle room. Sometimes we feel the need to implement those and have those very rigid guidelines and parameters because it feels like the official businessy thing to do. But if your client genuinely is in no rush and they're not like, you know, waiting for this piece so that they can eat dinner at their table, and it's something that will leave you feeling paralyzed if you're feeling the pressure of that upcoming deadline, then just plug away at your pieces and don't focus too much on the calendar. Again, different strokes for different folks, but be honest with yourself as to what approach will work best for you and be most effective for your success and productivity, whatever that looks like. And before we get to my last tip, which is a really good one, not gonna lie, I wanted to remind you about my Friday Furniture Focus newsletter because I know you are a fan of painted and refinished furniture pieces if you're listening to this episode. So the Friday Furniture Focus is my weekly newsletter that I send out, yes, on Fridays, that gives updates on any projects that I have ongoing, shares furniture facts, which are different tidbits about the furniture that you're making over, or a furniture fix, which is a hack or a tip for saving time and effort doing your furniture flips. And every week I feature a new furniture painter or refinisher and do a Q&A to get to know them, their pieces, and their business better. So if you're interested in receiving this, you can head to my website, meldidherself.ca to sign up and then keep an eye on your inbox for some furniture inspo to start the weekend off right. Okay, so my fifth and last tip for today on how to make offering custom work easier for you and your furniture flipping business is to always be networking and building connections and relationships and talking about your business wherever you go because you honestly never know where opportunities will arise. This will help get people into your orbit more broadly. So that might mean another follower on social media or another name added to your email list or even an incoming inquiry for a custom project or somebody buying something that you have listed for sale. But also make sure that you're networking within your own field locally with your quote unquote competition and getting to know them and creating relationships with them. Firstly, because they know exactly what you're going through and you guys can probably create a great friendship or at least business relationship. And also, if they know, like, and trust you and know that you do good work, if they ever get too busy or have somebody come to them with a request for a project they feel is out of their ability or comfort zone, they may just refer that client over to you, which means more money in your pocket, baby. And I think it's so important to connect with the stockists and retailers and other small business owners that you interact with in your business as well, like any service providers you use or maybe where you purchase your supplies. A great example of this is that I created a relationship with one of the stockists that I frequent and just you know, did things to support them and their business and send them little friendly emails during the holidays and whatnot. And guess what came from that? partnership opportunities, and they always refer clients to me for custom work that they don't have the capacity to take on, which is huge for me and I'm so grateful for, but I also recognize that that came as a result of me pushing myself past my comfort zone of shyness and just being authentic and empathetic and considerate and just really trying to foster that relationship. And I mean, don't just do these things with the expectation that it will result in good things for you. Do it from the goodness of your heart and expect nothing but appreciate everything. There is opportunity behind every corner if you really go looking for it. 
And you guys know that I always love being able to hear from you and your feedback on the episodes and your thoughts on the topics discussed in the episodes. And I also love being able to support and amplify you and your furniture painting and refinishing businesses because I am absolutely of the belief that we rise by lifting others and community over competition is so important. So I wanted to introduce a new little segment here on the podcast called Busy Bees Buzzing, where I want to hear from you. In every episode description and show notes, I always include a link to my SpeakPipe account where you can click in and record a quick voice message to be sent over to me. I always love hearing from you guys about episode topics you want to see come down the pipeline, but in Busy Bees Buzzing, I want to hear which episode you've loved the most so far and why you enjoyed it or it resonated most with you. And because I want to make sure people know where to find you and your furniture painting and refinishing business, if you have one, make sure to shout out your business name and let the other busy bees know where they can find you on social media or your website so that we can all follow along on your journey too. So check out that link and I can't wait to hear the buzz on the street. And if you want a little template sent over to you just to give you a guide on kind of what to say and you can fill in the blanks, just send me a DM on Instagram. It's Mel did it herself and I can send one over to you to help shape that a little bit. And something you may not know about me, I love little motivational messages. They literally always get me fired up and I keep a running list of ones that are especially catchy or speak to me in the notes app on my phone. So I'm going to end every podcast episode with one of those that I've noted down over the years in hopes that you leave our time here each week feeling inspired, motivated, and ready to take on whatever comes your way that week. So this week's Mel's motivational message is from the Gold Digger podcast with Jenna Kutcher that I love tuning into. And she said this in one of her episodes, stress work is not our best work. And I'm sure we all know this inevitably, but it has a nice catchy ring to it. And when it comes to offering custom work, I think this is so applicable for today's episode because adding that service offering, adding that element to your business can be stressful. It can be disorganized. It can be a little bit chaotic for both you and your customers if you allow it. And if you don't set up the proper channels or systems that are going to work for you to help to streamline things and to keep everything organized. Because it's not just you doing whatever you want on your piece, getting it done whenever works for you, and then listing it whenever works for you for whatever price you deem appropriate. You're working with a client one-on-one who's trusting you with their furniture piece. It might be a piece that's very old or very sentimental to them. That means a lot to them. And they want to know that you know what you're doing and that you are treating it with care and that you're being intentional with it and with them and their time and the money that they're going to be paying you for doing this project. So you want to make sure that you are A, on your A game for the client and for yourself And B, make sure that you have everything in line so you're not doing stress work on this project because you want it to really show off what you're capable of doing, the product that you and I know you're able to produce. And if you're rushing or if you are stressed or if you are a chicken running around with your head off, then that is not going to be the case. So if you're going to be offering this custom work, I want it to be as enjoyable as possible for you. And it may already be. I don't want to like paint a dull picture or a negative light on offering custom work. It is amazing. The people you meet are amazing. They are so supportive of you. You will probably end up getting a lot of repeat customers from those clients that come to you. And if you're anyone listening who's ever gotten a custom project from me, know that I value you and your support so, so very much. But for the business owners out there, 
you are running a business. And so there are some things that you need to have in place. And these are just five of the things that I have come up with today that can help you with that. But if you're finding that things are a little bit chaotic and less streamlined than you hope they would be, I would challenge you to set aside some time in your day, in your week, in your month to look at a high level at how you approach your customer, if there's any areas for improvement or anything that you can implement that will help you and your clients have a better experience. And if you ever have any questions, you know I'm always here to help. And I'll throw in another little shameless plug that I do offer consulting and coaching services for people who are looking to start or supercharge their furniture painting and refinishing business because I think the large majority of us are creative people and I've only kind of recently started considering myself creative in that way. Now that I'm in this business, I kind of got to like face the facts that maybe I have some creativity in me, but I am very much like a type A kind of person. I very much like things the way I like them. Did I mention earlier I'm a little controlling? (laughs) So I like to have these systems set up and I take joy in setting up the systems and finding things that are going to work and getting things organized and in a logical order and helping others. So that's where my passions lie. So that's why I've now added that to my roster of services that I offer. So if you ever think you might benefit from some one-on-one support in that way, please feel free to reach out or check out my website and see if that might be something that would work for you. Because stress work is not our best work, my friends. And remember that as you go into the holiday season as well, this can be a stressful time for people. And just the day-to-day, like life's tough. But remember that when we're doing stress work, we're not doing our best work. So take the time to relax, to recharge, to care for yourself before you start caring for others. And you will show up in so much more of a positive light in this world and do all the things that I so know you're capable of doing. All right, that's it for now. I appreciate your time and I'll catch you guys next week.